This is the Historian's Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore. Chris Kelly and Stuart Laycock have a new book out in their series on warfare and invasions. The new book is titled America Invaded, a state-by-state guide to fighting on American soil. It's uh, just out, published by History Invasions Press. How you doing, Chris Kelly? Doing great, uh, Bob. Great to be with you. Well, it's good to have you uh, have you back. And uh, Stuart Laycock and uh, Chris Kelly have done other books on America invading other countries, also on Italy invading other countries. And Chris has a a book out uh, that actually a relative penned uh, during a nineteen fourteen tour of Europe before the outbreak of the of the Great War. But uh, this uh, book has been uh, kind of in the making for some time. And I must say, uh, Chris, it's very um, say easy to, to read or, or helpful. Uh, this is kind of a, a tourist guide uh, to American uh, history sites or many American history sites. Did you plan it that way? Well, uh, yes, it is a guide. We think of it as as a kind of a passport for an invitation for readers to explore our own kind of amazing American history, uh, really, uh, through all 50 states. Um, uh, that that it has it has history in it, it has maps, it has photographs, but it also has tourist information too, so that people can can find the history that that is lying in their in their backyard, so to speak. You're now on your book tour for this book, but I believe it's when you did the book tour for America Invades, describing the countries that America's in, invaded, that maybe you got a lot of the inspiration for this or did some of the work. You traveled, what was it, through 38 states on that book tour? That's right, yes. So when we did, uh, when America Invades came out in 2014, we did a cross-country book tour uh, with a van with the cover of the book, America Invades, painted on the side. And we're, we're just about to do that again for the release of America Invaded, by the way, too. So we're excited to, to be doing another book tour. But, uh, but, we, but I had a chance to explore a lot of the country, that some of which I hadn't seen before, to go to places like Little Bighorn and Yorktown and uh, Gettysburg and places like that. And, and I thought that, I mean, the one part uh, that we had left out, America Invades uh, talked about, American military involvement around the world, and we had a chapter on every country in the world. But the one country that we left out was the United States of America itself. We didn't talk about fighting within the United States. And that's what we've tried to make up for with America Invaded, where we focused exclusively on fighting inside of the United States. And divided the, instead of dividing it into countries, it's divided into states. So we have a chapter on every state in the country, plus we also added the District of Columbia, which, of course, was invaded by the British, and the White House was burnt down during the War of 1812, and saw various action there as well. So so we did 50 states plus District of Columbia for America invaded. Mm. Well, that I mean, it does surprise me to, to some extent. And uh, Living in New York State, I know New York's been invaded, you know, and had a lot of uh, warfare uh, over the years, even uh, recently. But every state in, in the Union, Idaho and Montana and places like that, that's right. Yeah, people kind of expect it with coastal states because you know, I mean, the an ocean is a is a uh, is a highway as well as a uh, you know a, a moat, so to speak. Uh, so, but the but even inland states like you know, I mean, there's even been fighting in Nevada, not as much as as in 
states like New York, for example, or Virginia. But but even even states like Nevada have seen their share of fighting. Plus, also inland states were subject in during even as recently as World War II, were subject to things like the Japanese balloon bombs uh, that landed on 15 different states. These were the balloon bombs that were made by mainly by you know, uh, Japanese high school girls out of things like uh, paper and, and potato paste um, that were, in a, in, a, in a sense, the first intercontinental uh, weapons that were you know, put into the atmosphere and carried by the winds and, and floated over and, uh, to the United States and carrying incendiary bombs designed to kind of set the forests ablaze. Um, I mean, they didn't really do that much damage, but they but there were bombs that landed on on fi- at least uh, fifteen different American states during World War II. Mm. And they're still being found. You're right. That's right. I mean, there, there's some probably lost in the trees uh, uh, from you know, that time. Uh, it was they were launched in like 1944, 45, uh, and there are probably some that still have never been discovered. Almost almost certainly. Um, and they are—they're dangerous too. I mean, you don't want to touch these things. There was an incident in that ha- occurred in actually during the war in 1945, where a, a group that was out after uh, a, a kind of a Sunday school group that was out uh, that touched a, one of these balloon things, and and six people were killed, including one woman and five uh, five teenagers as well. It's yeah. a tragic incident. Now, uh, another point that you emphasize again and again, but. It, it's emphasized in your chapter on New York that the many conquerors who have come to America uh, have pushed its only true inhabitants, the Native Americans, off their lands and onto fixed reservations. Right. Uh, yes. I mean, we had uh, conflicts with indigenous people in all 50 uh, states, of course. I mean, that you had uh, this kind of displacement was, was certainly, uh, you know, a theme or, or a constant... A, constant uh, presence in really in every chapter we talked we discussed and uh, we're actually and and I, I was involved with that to some extent I had have ancestors that were at Cherry Valley where you had a massacre up in the in the Hudson uh, Valley area uh, near Albany and that occurred during the uh, American Revolution in 1778 uh, so you had lots of, of conflicts with uh, n- uh, native people really, you know, from the ar- arrival of the the Europeans uh, on into the 19th century. And again, specifically here in New York, and you write about uh, this, that uh, there have been invasions of what was the became the United States and what was the United States at some point or attempts at invasions from the north of forces up in Canada coming down the, right. the Champlain and so forth, and also yep. going the other way, I think even including one of your relatives trying to conquer Canada f- f- by invading from the United States. Right. Yeah, no, I would say if you said, like, asked what is the most dangerous invasion, perhaps the most dangerous invasion of the United States ever, uh, I'd be tempted to say that it was, you know, Johnny Burgoyne's invasion in 1777, which was from Canada, and it was down through the kind of, you know, Lake Champlain artery uh, from from Canada down to the south. He was trying to drive uh, from Canada all the way to, to Manhattan, and, of course, he was stopped at uh, Saratoga. I mean, and the, the battles of Saratoga were a decisive American victory that was terribly important because... That was what helped to uh, to propel 
France uh, and other European powers into joining the side of the American cause during the American Revolution. They recognized that the Americans might actually defeat the, the British after Saratoga. So, it, but, mm-hmm. but that invasion you know, came close to success. I mean, they captured Fort Ticonderoga, and had, had Burgoyne succeeded, he would have divided the New England from the rest of the, of the American colonies and, and might have led to a to potentially British victory in, that, in, that, uh, in the American Revolution. In New York State, and maybe in particular New York City, is still the the target of terrorists. For example, the terrorist attack on the World Trade Center. Right. I mean that you have. I mean, an, an invasion isn't an attack, but it is certainly an example of fighting. And of course, you know, nine eleven in two thousand one, you had, of course, the tragic nine uh, eleven uh, attacks on the on the twin towers. So, so yes, you you've seen fighting. You have, you know, historic fighting from the past, but then you have, unfortunately, more, you know, much more recent incidents, which we include in the book, too. We include terrorist incidents, you know, right up almost to the present, I mean, to the attack on the Pulse nightclub in Florida, for example, mm-hmm. uh, that happened just uh, last year. Uh, so, so yeah, we tried to be as up-to-date as possible, covering this kind of wide span of history from from the kind of the first arrival of the Europeans to, to right to the present day. Of course, I notice in the acknowledgments, you acknowledge me in connection with the uh, New York State chapter, and I appreciate that because, you know, I know something about New York history, but I really know nothing about California history. And I was looking at all the invasions, you know, on the other coast uh, that uh, occurred there, Spanish, British, Russian, French, Mexican, American. It seems like everybody was uh, taking a crack at what we call California. Right. It's, it's surprising. I mean, that I, I happen to grow up in, in California and in Sacramento, so it's my, my home state. And I, I was always familiar with Russian River, a river called Russian River, which is in Sonoma County, up north of San Francisco. And uh, Russian River got its name because the Russians were there. And from 1812 to 1842, they established a fort called Fort Ross, uh, which is today is a California state park uh, right on the coast. It's a beautiful you know, setting. And it was, um, it was set up by the Russians to... Uh, actually, because they were already up in Alaska, and of course they had a, a colony in Alaska right up until it sailed to the United States in 1867. But what they wanted, they had a difficulty feeding their colonists in Alaska uh, with uh, Alaska's, you know, temp- temperature and climate and so forth. So they thought, well, let's set up something further south in order to, you know, set up uh, to grow crops and to help to feed our colonists in Alaska. Which is what they tried to do by by setting up this uh, this presence in Northern California uh, with Fort Ross, and you know it lasted for for you know about three decades or so. Hmm. What was the Battle of San Pasqual? San Pasqual is probably the most important battle fought in the state of California. Uh, it was during in 1846. It was fought between uh, uh, Kearney. Uh, and General Kearney versus uh, Pico was the a guy on the, what they call the side the, of the Californios. Kearney was a U.S. Army uh, commander, and you know Kit Carson was with him as well. It was it's near it was fought near San Pasqual is near San Diego. I just happened to visit the site uh, actually just a few weeks ago. Uh, it was you know interesting to to see. I mean I, I walked around there. They had there were lots of kind of it was kind of dusty, lots of holes in the ground. And there were lots of warnings with the signs to beware of rattlesnakes. <laughs> so it was an interesting place to visit. But but it was a, a basically an American victory. I mean, I think there were actually might have been more American casualties than the Californios. But the Californios were trying to defend 
California from this kind of American invasion uh, that took place during the Mexican-American War. Uh, and it was, this is Polk's War in 1846 against Mexico. And, you know, as a result of this, though, uh, I mean, eventually, of course, California was added to the United States uh, of America. So, so it had, a, you know, a kind of a profound impact on, on the development of our country. And you're saying in the Californios, I mean, in other words, like Texas, were they independent? Is that the idea? They were, they, they were loyal. These, these were people living in California, and there weren't a lot at this time. There were only, I mean, the total population was, was quite small. It was you know, maybe, I think, under 15,000 across the state. But, uh, or, and, but they were loyal to, uh, to Mexico, to the Mexican government, which had been in place there. Uh, following, the, it had been the Spanish, but then the Spanish were thrown. Were basically there was a, a Mexican Revolution in 1821 that threw them out, and were replaced by the Mexicans. But the Mexicans had kind of a loose control over California at at that time, and these Californians were were loyal to the Mexican government. Uh, whereas, and you had a lot of people interested. You had the, as you mentioned, the English were interested in California. The French had some interest in California. The Russians had a, had a presence for a while there, uh, but it was, of course, the Americans that had the most kind of persistent interest, and and then actually, you know, kind of did did something about it, so to speak, with uh, Polk in, in 1846. We had a guest on a, a few weeks ago, specifically on Russian Alaska, and. One of the reasons, I guess, the Russians sold Alaska to America is they didn't want it to fall into British hands. They figured that was what that was what the British were about to do. Right. I mean, I think it's interesting. That, I mean, the way the book talks about how invasion. I mean, like, I mean, it's starting with a really obvious point. I mean, Alaska is different from New York, and Alaska is different from New York, obviously, because of geography and climate. But it's also different because of history, and that, and it's also different because. Alaska has been invaded differently from the way that New York was invaded. Alaska was invaded by the, the Russians and occupied by the Russians. And today, if you talk to the uh, indigenous people in Alaska, uh, they're neither Protestant nor Catholic, but they're actually Orthodox Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is a legacy of this Russian invasion of Alaska uh, that lasts today. Uh, on the other hand, if you look at New York, uh, New York State, and New York State was basically invaded by the Dutch, and the Dutch brought a whole different type of way of colonization from the Russians. Mm-hmm. And the, but of course, the Dutch famously, you know, purchased the Isle of Manhattan, and uh, you know, for I think sixty guilders we mentioned in the book, and uh, or you know, they uh, maybe mythologically twenty-four dollars. But the tribe that sold uh, Manhattan to the Dutch. Um, was not the tribe that actually lived there. It was kind of a case of, you know, do you want to buy the Brooklyn Bridge type of story? <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, you know, and so, uh, so, but so this kind of commercial invasion, or you know, uh, uh, by the Dutch, was, you know, I think, quite different from from the Russian invasion and had an impact. Um, I think about like New York, Manhattan, Wall Street. Uh, everybody has known knows and has heard of Wall Street in, in Manhattan. Wall Street was built by the Dutch uh, as a wall, and it was a built to basically to keep the English out. Mm-hmm. Uh, to uh, it was tried to, and of course it didn't succeed. But you know, but that's really kind of the origin of uh, Wall Street goes back to you know fear of invasions. We're talking with the Christopher Kelly, co-author of America Invaded with Stuart Laycock. We'll have more with uh, Chris in just a moment. This is Bob Cutmore. We depend on your contributions of financial support to keep going with the Historian's Podcast. Please make a donation online at 
gofundme.com forward slash historians2017. Or send a donation in the mail. Make the check out to Bob Cudmore. Send to 125 Horstman Drive, Scotia, New York, 12302. And thank you very much. Chris Kelly joins us. His uh, latest book, America Invaded. Let me um, ask you uh, some more questions about uh, World War II. Um, A lot of, uh, you know, basic uh, history, I think, gives you the impression that, you know, America went and fought that war somewhere else, you know, with the exception of the big attack on the um, naval base at Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. Uh, but there, you have all kinds of interesting um, things that that happened in the United States because of uh, World War II. And I was saying before, I said, all the states have been invaded or have something to do with warfare, said, including Montana. And you write about the olive oil riot in Montana. What was that about? Yes, I did write about the olive oil riot. I mean, so, of course, we were researching every individual state and looking for you know signs of conflict in every state. And I, I, uh, my sister happens to live in Missoula, Montana, and I was visiting her not long ago and stopped by a place called Fort Missoula, uh, which is a, an old uh, U.S. Army fort. And during World War II, right after the attack on Pearl Harbor, there was an Italian uh, ship that was in Panamanian waters. And after the attack, you know, Italy declared war on the United States after the Japanese attack. And so we were at war with Italy, and the American government seized this this cruise ship, and they seized the the crew of it. And there were about over a thousand Italian sailors and officers on board the crew that were detained, and they were sent by train up to Missoula, Montana, and they were held basically for the duration of the war as as prisoners, even though they weren't really like soldiers or, or combatants, but they were held. And so uh, in, in Fort Missoula, also, of course, there were Japanese-Americans that were held in, in Fort Missoula, too. But, uh, but at one point, uh, with these Italian prisoners, there were, uh, they, were, uh, they had a chef amongst the crew. And the chef was told by the American authorities that he had to cook with beef fat rather than olive oil. And, and, you know, knowing Italians, as I happen to be, my wife is Italian, for example, mm-hmm. um, that they became incensed about this, and, uh, and it led to this riot uh, in, in Fort Missoula. Uh, I'm sure some, you know, some uh, punches were thrown and things like that, but the, the, the most serious injury of that riot took place when an American guard happened to, to mistakenly shoot himself in the foot. Uh, but that's, uh, that was, so that was the olive oil riot in, taking place in 1942 in Missoula, Montana. It's amazing, amazing they shipped those sailors that, that far inland to this. Right. And it's funny, but except many of these Italians ended up becoming quite fond of, of Montana, and many of them actually ended up settling. So there's actually an Italian-American community in uh, Missoula today, in Montana today, that uh, are descendants uh, from these these uh, these prisoners. I mean, and you know, for for these prisoners, I'm sure they didn't like having their liberty taken away from them. But on the other hand, it was a much safer place to be than than uh, than Italy, perhaps during World War II. I'm afraid. And uh, you, I saw this on your website, and honestly, I didn't check into the book to be sure that this story was there. But I was fascinated by uh, your account or an account of Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Where where the U.S. government built a city to make nuclear materials. It almost sounds like a science fiction movie. 
Right, right. Yes, I mean, Oak Ridge, Tennessee uh, was, of course, part of the Manhattan Project, uh, along with Hanford, Washington, in my, in my adopted home state of Washington State, in eastern Washington, where they cleared out this stretch along the Columbia River uh, to develop the plutonium that was dropped on Nagasaki, um, and which also, by the way, was hit by one of these, surprisingly, by one of these Fugo bombs, actually landed in the power lines near Hanford uh, and actually stopped, briefly stopped the, interrupted the production of uh, plutonium. It's the only time that uh, an enemy attack on a, an, an atomic facility, you know, kind of halted production um, in, in, in history. Uh, and then, of course, in New Mexico, you had uh, the tests at Los Alamos and mm-hmm. the Trinity test, the very first detonation of an atomic weapon in 1945. Um, so you had, you know, three states that were definitely directly, very much directly affected by, uh, by the development of the atomic bomb. Mm. And but you know what interests me about Oak Ridge, I mean, is that you know a, a, an American city was kind of like created, and the people right. just did their jobs, and apparently a lot. Apparently, the, the, I don't think that any of the leaks were found there. They just they just did their job, and maybe really didn't know what they were doing. That, that's right. I mean, that, and and you know, Hanford was also out of was there was had been almost nothing there at Hanford on the banks of the Columbia in Washington State prior to this the Manhattan Project arriving, and and so there was this you know a, a city that grew up overnight at Oak Ridge and Hanford and and in the, the deserts in New Mexico too, uh, where you had people brought in to work on the project, and there are lots of people. There was a, a great deal of of uh, uh, you know. Uh, there was it was confidential and so kind of a need to know basis type of thing so there was uh, there was and so people did and many people had no idea what they were building and know that at, I visited Hanford and they I mean some people thought that they were manufacturing parachutes and for I mean they had they were many were uh, t- totally surprised when in August 1945 when the bombs were dropped when suddenly they realized what the significance of their work had been after kind of after the fact hmm why do some towns in Texas have French names? Uh, it's interesting you bring that up. The, there, of course, there's places like Paris, Texas, and Beaumont, Texas, and and these these towns do have some French names. And and it's I mean the French were amongst the very first uh, you know call them invaders or explorers or colonists in in Texas uh, back in the uh, I think it's we're talking about the 16th century. Mm-hmm. And so there were these these outposts. Um, some of which were were actually attacked and overrun. That were kind of like like the lost colony of Roanoke that didn't that didn't make it didn't survive for very long. But the French were some of the very first Europeans to uh, to arrive in Texas, and so they they still have this this impact upon upon Texas is, is felt in the names today. You mentioned that uh, Virginia has been invaded a lot. What are some of Virginia's stories? Sure. Well, uh, Virginia. Uh, of course, you had the English arriving with Jamestown and the Jamestown colonists, and you had a number of conflicts with uh, with Native Americans uh, in Virginia. Then you had it was a very important state during the American Revolution. Virginia was by far the largest colony of the 13 original colonies, uh, and of course it included West Virginia at that time too. Uh, so and you had the Battle of Yorktown, which was the you know probably the most decisive battle of the American Revolution that. Where Cornwallis surrendered, and which led, you know, really to the to the 
birth of, of our country because, I mean, you had had the Declaration of Independence, but the Declaration of Independence had to be, you know, ratified in blood, so to speak, with the victory at Yorktown and with, you know, military victory. And George Washington was able to achieve that with the help of the French fleet as well um, and French troops that uh, besieged Yorktown. So, and then, uh, but Yorktown, which was fought in during the American Revolution, became a battleground again during the Civil War. Um, and, of course, all of Virginia uh, was very much involved in, in the Civil War. There, there are hundreds of, of battlefields around, uh, scattered around Virginia uh, to, uh, from the Civil War, Fredericksburg, and, and you know, many, many more uh, before you ultimately had the surrender at Appomattox, uh, ending the, the bloodiest mm-hmm. war in American history. What about Florida? I would imagine that's been invaded some. Well, of course, you have St. Augustine, one of the oldest continuously uh, uh, inhabited European city in, or you know European-founded city in North America is, is at St. Augustine in Florida. And so you had, the, of course, the Spanish uh, coming in very early, um, but then you had, and you had, of course, Native Americans, Seminoles, and different different tribes throughout Florida. Uh, eventually, the Americans. I mean, the Spanish were allied to, during the American Revolution. The Spanish supported the American cause, the Patriot cause against the English. Uh, but then, afterwards, um, after the American Revolution, uh, America you know, had concerns about the Spanish outpost in Florida and their relation with the Native Americans. Eventually, you had. Andrew Jackson was involved in fighting wars down in in Florida, and of course, eventually, Amer- the Americans uh, took took uh, took over Florida uh, from the Spanish. And the book is called "America Invaded," and you talk about many incidents where the, the United States land, if you will, uh, attacked by others. But do you think? I mean, you're an, you have a great interest in military history. Do you think America will ever be? dare I say, really invaded, uh, in other words, taken over or a portion of it uh, by someone. Apparently Hitler uh, want, wanted to do that or had the thought of doing that. Well, and even the Kaiser, even the German Kaiser had plan, had drawn, drawn up plans of how to land German troops on Long Island or, or, or things like that. And so now uh, some of these things belong to the realm of fantasy, and but uh, but... I mean, there were certainly there have been plans by by hostile nations to invade, to do a proper invasion of the United States. Um, and Hitler developed plans as well. He tried to develop the America bomber, which was a bomber that could re- could fly from from France, a jet bomber to, to New York and and bomb New York. He had visions of doing that. Obviously, never realized. But uh, but and you had, of course, submarines off of both coasts, both the East Coast and the. Um, and the Pacific Coast during the war, um, you know, had, you know, uh, shipping being sunk off of Manhattan that was kind of silhouetted by the nightlights of Manhattan early on, right after Pearl Harbor, uh, before they decided, realized that the, the need for a blackout uh, because the, you know the, the nightlights would silhouette the ships. So you've had plans, uh, you know, drawn up to invade. Will there be a you know a full blown invasion of of uh, in America again? Um, I'm, I'm a historian. I, it's, it's, I try and deal with the past. It's hard to predict the future. It seems unlikely, but but you never know. And are you and and Stuart Laycock? I mean, your co-author is from Britain, as as I recall. Uh, are you? What would be next? Or have you now covered the waterfront on invasion books? <laughs> 
Well, we've got several ideas for for future books. We're not quite sure which which way to go uh, on on for for the next project, uh, but we um, but we're definitely you know in close collaboration and and you know, hope to put put something out next week. One possible thing is do doing a, a treatment of the Irish Irish invasions. I mean, and uh, the, kind of the Irish uh, impact on the world. I'm not sure. That's that's a possibility, but we're and we're also interested in the uh, the uh, things uh, things mm-hmm. like possible history of terrorism is is another idea we have as well. You've been listening to the Historians Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore. Joining us, Chris Kelly. Chris Kelly and Stuart Laycock have a new book out in their series on warfare. The new book is titled "America Invaded: A State by State Guide to Fighting on American Soil." This is the Historian's Podcast. I'm Bob Cutmore.